This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So yeah, started off at Chelsea. How um, how was that? Were you we we think you would have been in the same youth team as uh, as Leon Knight, were you? Uh, <laughs> no, he was he he was the year below, but I so I I, I <laughs> Leon and I obviously knew each other for a period before that because um, obviously it, within the club, the School of Excellence, as it was called then, but also um, I. Uh, uh, earned a scholarship to Lillyshaw, which was a national football school at the time. Um, and Leon was the year below. So um, his year was the last year to go through it before Howard Wilkinson uh, did a massive, massive report on youth football. I don't know if you would remember that or be aware of that, but they brought Howard Wilkinson in. He did this massive assessment of youth football and said that Lillyshaw and the FA National School was you know, not a waste of money, but, you know, every club should be doing that thing, basically. So I was there for two years and that was where I first also played for England schoolboys and 16s, 17s, 18s. Uh, and uh, Leon was the, was was my junior, as they called it. Um, and obviously then we, we then, you know, were at Chelsea together as well. You, you could probably get a lot of players to speak to a lot of players who played with him and they'll all have a, they'll all have a Leon Knight story. I, 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 I resisted getting involved in something on Twitter a little while ago where he put out how he'd fly kicked me one day uh, <laughs> in training, uh, which I have absolutely no no recollection of. But um, because what I want to say, well, do you remember the time I clotheslined you in the Toulon uh, when we were in the hotel and you being a prick? Uh, and I, and I broke your, I broke your, uh, your, um, what was it? it wasn't a disc man it was like yeah one of those what the mp3 player thing you know when that smashed and you you got smashed on the floor uh but i resisted that um because you know i don't really want to get involved and i'm too old for that shit now. 
So what was it like in that, in that, um, that youth team? So obviously, would that, would that have been with John Terry and all that? Yeah, so, so John was, John is, John's a year older than me. So there was a probably, there may have been a period where the three of us may have played together. Um, but John soon sort of accelerated on and it was clear that, that he was obviously destined for bigger things. And, and you know, um, very, very quickly kind of sort of found his way into the first team squad and, and, and the first team, you know. Um, just... just a really like aggressive, hard player, you know. Um, and you know, um, I would I have anticipated him going on to do what he's done? Probably not. But you know, whatever you think of him as a person or whatever, you know, what a fantastic career he's had. You know, yeah, had. you can't can't take anything away from how he was as a player, can you? Uh, you know, he worked very hard on his game. I think he knew his limitations. You know, and I just remember we had a. A youth team manager was a real hard Scottish bastard uh, called Jim Duffy, and he sort of took took John under his wing a little bit, um, and he was just having heading balls. They would just be out, out there, just heading balls, you know. And um, his aggression was encouraged at all times, you know. And we, and obviously, I played a lot of reserve games as well because um, I was pushed into the reserves myself. And John was there for a period before he was involved with the first team, and obviously, it was a period where he was involved with both, you know. And he he would be like a free kick, you know, near the halfway line or inside your own half. And he put the ball in, he, he sort of whispered to me, where's the keeper stood? Like, where's their keeper? And I'd say, well, he's probably on the edge of the area. I think he scored two, there was at least two times where he scored a goal, which just pumped it. <laughs> and obviously the, the, the goal, the opposing goalkeeper wasn't expecting him to shoot, you know. So um, <laughs> he, he, I think I was fortunate where I was involved with the international sort of scene. So you would see the best players that were around, you know, and I think you then got an eye for who was that, that kind of quality player. And, and, and John certainly, you know, without saying patronising or belittling, he was certainly, you know, of that level. I wouldn't personally say Knight he was, but John, John, without a doubt was. So was, um, was there anyone else in that team? Because you, you hear like a few stories of players that are like shit hot as a youngster and then they never quite, quite live yeah. up to it was, was there anyone anyone in that team that sort of springs to mind in, there? in the Chelsea you think yeah uh, or anyone not, anyone really that you've, that you've played with that never really sort of kicked on from where they were as a youngster well yeah I mean you bear in mind so when I was at Lillyshaw from the age of 14 so I did my last two school years there and lived there on site and everything you know there's 16 lads two goalkeepers and 14 outfield players and there's I'm in a group WhatsApp with those guys um Joe Colby and one of those, one of those, you know, and there were players from that 16 lads who never played a professional game, you know, never got beyond the youth or reserve teams at their individual clubs. And they're all, at prem I think most of them were all at premiership clubs, you know, so even, even then when you're so say being told that at 14, 15, 16, you're within that top percentage in the country, that doesn't then transpire into being guaranteed being a, a, a full pro first team player or whatever it might be, you know, um, but on the flip side of that, I, I obviously uh, have reflected a lot on my own career and, you know, how I sort of was on this trajectory and it just kind of went, you know, that I just wonder whether being told at that young age that somebody thinks you're one of the best young players around, whether that is actually a healthy thing or not. I, I'm, I'm sort of a bit undecided on that really, you know. Yeah. It was like you mentioned the thing there you said about the, the coach working, working with John Terry, just, just heading balls. Yeah. And you can't even do that now. 
like they've they've tried they've they've banned that now with kids of a certain age. I know, like you said, you're a little bit older than that at that time, like eighteen year olds. Yeah, but yeah, it's just I, I I think we're developing a player like you said there. Like one of the words you used was like he was just hard. Even as a youngster, he was a hard defender. I don't yeah. think you're going to get that anymore. But with the little things they're doing to take that out of the game. Yeah, look, I mean, they're, 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 to be honest, personally, from a goalkeeping point of view, I think there's bigger problems than that going on. You know, there's 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 this thing now within football where, you know, um, the, the the level of coaching within goalkeeping, youth goalkeeping, is so poor. We could probably do a whole other podcast on that. I could, you know, because and I, and I not only have I believed that for a while, I've seen it last season. My son, who's now sixteen. He stepped away from football after a bad experience at Swindon when he was younger at Swindon's Academy. Um, he then had to battle with, he's got type 1 diabetes. That was only diagnosed a couple of years ago. And uh, sort of this time last year, he said to me, look, Dad, I, I want to I want to give it a go again. I was like, okay, fine. You know, I said, you are, you know, what do you want to achieve? And, and he said, well, I, I want, I, you know, I want to, you know, be a, be a pro, you know, all that, you know, get an apprenticeship or a scholarship as they call it now. So well, it's a big ask, you know, it's a massive ask to have a standing start. We, we, you know, so I, I've, uh, last season I started coaching at the local non-league club in Swindon where I'm originally from. Well, I don't live there, I live down in Christchurch. But um, started coaching now, I was coaching at Hereford Preves and that was fine for me. One or two nights a week, that's enough for me. Um, so he came in and trained with me. He then got a trial at Forest Green through Chris Barks because he was the youth team manager there after going to an open day session. Um, he then went to a couple of other clubs. I won't name them. Um, but the, 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 the level of young goalkeeper coaching is extremely poor, extremely poor to the point where it really gets my, you know, it's the one thing that will set me off, you know, and I'll go off on a tangent, you know, but the, 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 the problem is, I think the, the FA created this culture where, you know, if you've done the badges, and fair play, if you've done all the badges and you've got all the qualifications, that's great. You know, he, he so my son was, was in, within one of these training sessions and got talking to the goalkeeper coach. And he said, oh, you know, what's your, I'm just interested to know what your background is. And the last thing the guy had done was been released by a club at 15 years old. That was his last involvement in professional football. You know, and I think especially within, and this is, you know, this is probably controversial, but, you know, the, the, Goalkeeping for me is is the most difficult position on the pitch because there is a massive psychological element to it and there's a massive element of empathy to it as well. If 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 great if you've got the coaching badges, fair play to you. No 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 issue with that. But if you haven't been in the situation where you've made a mistake in front of thousands of people, you know, and you've and you've experienced that and how that feels and and the abuse that comes with it and that and that sitting there you know, after the game in the change room at home, trying to sleep that night, if you haven't been in that mental headspace, I, I, I really struggle to see how you can be the best coach you can because you're not, you're not going to have that experience of that, you know, because it's a very, very difficult position to be in, you know, as an individual or as a kid or anybody, as an adult, you know. Um, and and I, I, how you would police that, I don't know, but I just it concerns me that there's not enough ex-pros coaching young goalkeepers. You know, I think that's a for me that's a concern. Hmm. It's, it's funny you mentioned that actually because um, we just I don't know if you played with him. We had Ted Smith. Did you play with him? Yeah, so I've seen. I, I've seen. I've, I've I've been thinking about giving Ted a call because 
Um, Ted was um, coming through when I was at the club. I think he may have been, you know, within the School of Excellence or Academy, whatever it was called then. And I really liked Ted. I thought he was a really good kid. You know, um, if you remember during my season, they'd released Lee Turner, the goalkeeper coach, to save money. Yeah, so yeah. I was trying to get involved. Terry Mason was involved with the yeah. uh, academy. And Ted, when I was aware of Ted, and I'd spoken to Ted, and, and I think I even spoke to him after I'd left the club. Um, and, you know, I, I, it's really sad. to. I've only read what has been written, you know, and, and uh, everything, you know. But, again, it's a prime example of... of how difficult being a professional footballer is, but I think being a goalkeeper is potentially even harder, you know, because there's such a, you know, this, there, and obviously everybody who's played in any other position will argue the same thing, no doubt, you know, that psychologically it's tough. But I think goalkeeping is the toughest. Yeah. No, I, I would, I would, I would have to agree with you. Because yeah, you fit a, a goalkeeper makes a mistake. 99.99% of the time it results in a goal. Anyone yeah. else makes a mistake, somebody somewhere can cover your ass a little bit. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think that, that but it's, it's, you know, the, and that's the public side of it. And that's, and that's, you know, what the fans and TV and everybody else will see. What they don't see is what happens at home afterwards, you know, and how that affects you, how that affects your, your, your family, your, your, your child, your wife, your wife or your girlfriend or whatever that might be, you know, because knowing that, there's a chance you might then get dropped and that might be you out of the team for the next few months, you know, mm. um, depending on the kind of situation of the club you're at, you know. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a real shame, you know. Obviously, you know, Ted's mature enough to have made his decision. You know, I, 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 I'm pretty sure I've got his number. I, I may pick the phone up to him and just see how he is really, you know, but I'm sure he's probably got plenty of other people that he can do that with, you know. But um, it's... it's it's one of the many sad stories of football, isn't it? You know, I think, and I think the thing is now it's it's even more highlighted, isn't it, with some of the, you know, that that the the the, the mental health side of things that's starting to kind of come through and be more uh, sympathised with, should we say? Yeah, about to go back to after your release from Chelsea. Yeah, so that that again was a was a was a was a, an interesting time. I kind of saw the writing on the wall a little bit with it, you know. Um, and um, I, I got released by Chelsea on whatever day it was, the Tuesday or the Wednesday. And the day after, I was, I was named in the England 21 squad, you know. So it was quite a, 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 a strange, uh, you know, to, to, to have that one day to then get a phone call the next. So David Platt selected you for the under 20. And I'd always been involved in the England at one stage, I, I believe, I remember if I remember rightly, I was the most capped England youth goalkeeper when there was less games back then. Um, you know, and I played a lot. I played like 50 international games, I think. You know, um, um, so that that was great. So, so I was in the shop window um, to a certain extent, and my agent at the time spoke to David Platt, and he he tipped him off to say, "Yeah, Reese is going to play. Reese will play. You know, I will play for the 21s," which was like because I think Robin Robinson and Kirkland were both injured. Who were, were, were guys that were I was up against, and the difference with them is they were both playing in the Premiership at that stage. So it was quite a tough sort of, you know, thing to break into because I wasn't playing first thing. I'd been on loan, but I wasn't playing first thing football regularly. Not at not the level they were, certainly. So what's that like playing for England, like under-21s? I guess that's the, the next best privilege, isn't it? So Yeah, you know, that, that's the one thing that, I, you know, when I do sit and think about, I've, I've, I've got a cabinet just there. It, it sits in this room because it can't, I couldn't get it upstairs and I moved into this house. Um, <laughs> 
but in, in that cabinet, I've got I've got my England, my a couple of my friends call it my ego cabinet, but um, <laughs> it's, got my, uh, it's got my England caps in there. My dad's got a couple, and you know, I, you know, I'm immensely proud of that. Do you know what I mean? And I think I said to somebody recently, you know, I, I, when I first moved down to this area and I started in, in the new job in this area, a couple of guys came around that I work with, and you know, when you see their reaction to that. You go, oh yeah, like that. You know, that's that's quite a big deal. But obviously, where you you kind of get a bit conditioned to it to a certain extent. But yeah, I I, I genuinely don't think there's a better feeling standing there. You know, when the national anthem's playing, knowing at that moment you've been selected. So say, in somebody's opinion, you are the best young goalkeeper in England. In their opinion, at that moment, the best in your position. Yeah. On the flip side of that, that that, that I think eventually caused me a problem in my later my later career. You know, because you know. You know, talk about time when I get to South End, you know, and I, and I wasn't selected to play in the first game of the season. That, you know, you get to that point. I was embarrassed to be the number two goalkeeper at South End. You know, that that was kind of how I felt at that point. You know, and I think all the the the, the success I had at a young age set me up for a fall later in my career. You know, unfortunately. So, would you say that Sw- Swindon was was certainly the the longest like sustained period you had as, as a yeah, first which, which, which is incredible really. It wasn't how I envisaged that to sort of pan itself out, you know. But um so I I played for the under twenty ones. I, I I spoke to Sam Adelice at Bolton, I spoke to Glenn Roder at West Ham, I spoke to I spoke to Sturrock at Plymouth, uh, I spoke to loads of managers and that, you know, and um I then got a phone call from Fraser Digby, who was a goalkeeper that played for Swindon when I was a kid and I'd grown up watching, but I then met for the first time at QPR a season or two before when I went on loan from Chelsea. So I walked into QPR and my, my childhood hero is the number one goalkeeper that I've got to try and displace, you know, which is, which is amazing, you know. Um, and at the time then, Fraser was working in the marketing department at Swindon. And the phone went and he said, look, you know, would you be interested in speaking to Swindon? Um, and, it, you know, it was one of those things where things just seemed to fall. It was my hometown club. My wife at the time was about to give birth to our to our son, my son, um, and it was a chance to come home after being away from home for six or seven years, you know, and be surrounded by family uh, during the period when my, my child was born, my, my only child. Um, so, you know, instead of going for, you know, my dad says to me now, you know, instead of going and signing at Bolton for three grand a week, um, I went and signed at Swindon for hundreds rather than thousands, you know, but the... the the, the mindset was was that play every week, you know, build my stock as much as I could. Hopefully that went well to then kick on again, you know. Um, yeah. All that time, whilst being surrounded by my hometown people and friends and family, you know, um, uh, and that was the idea behind it, you know. What um what what division was that in then? Uh, League One. Okay. Um, and the first season, we, we we missed out on getting to the playoff final by um, some like thirty seconds. Brighton equalised against us with like thirty seconds to go in the uh, extra time of the playoff second leg, uh, which took it to penalties, and um, uh, we lost on penalties. So it, it was almost the perfect scenario, and it all worked itself out. And yeah, and it, it, it didn't after that, unfortunately. So. Did you meet Paul Sturrock at firstly at, at Swindon? No, no. So, I, I, so yeah. So that's an interesting one. So I, I, we got relegated in 2006, and that was my contract was up, and I was 24. So obviously the Bosman thing kicked in at that point. Mm. Um, 
I'd clean clean swept the player of the year awards and thought, okay, all right, well, I had some offers and I, I, I didn't really want to abandon shit. But then there was like this silence from the club where they then got rid of Ifianora, who was like the caretaker after they'd sacked Andy King earlier in the season. And then it became apparent that Dennis Wise was getting the job. So Dennis Wise got the job and I'm sat there waiting for my phone to ring, you know, as the at that time, the, the club goalkeeper, the player of the year, and all of this jazz, known him from Chelsea, obviously, at, at work, well, you know, we knew, you know, he obviously knew me and knew who I was, you know. Yeah. Uh, it took him two weeks to call me. Um, and I think at that point, the alarm bells were ringing a little bit. And, yeah. you know, I had this ridiculous conversation where I said, look, I'm, I'm being offered this at, at, at Blackpool, where I ended up going. If you can match that, I'll stay. And I knew, and I, they could afford it because I knew what so many other players were earning there. Do you know what I mean? And he came out this line, well, I'm, I'm not having you hold a gun to my head, so I'm not trying to. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get the best deal for myself, you know. Um, and I went, do you know what? Don't worry about it, sort of thing. Like, you know, and it got a bit shitty on the phone. And, um, and I went and made the biggest mistake in my career and signed at Blackpool and, and would always regret that to my, to my dying breath, unfortunately. My career never really uh, recovered from that decision, unfortunately. Why was, why was that so bad? I knew I'd made a mistake as soon as I got there. And, <laughs> I, I, and it was a big life lesson for me that I've always kind of stuck with since then. That The day I was signing for them, I was up uh, staying at a friend's house in Southport and I was going off to sign the contract, which, you know, was, was, was really good money f for me at that time. And it was like a two-year, possibly three-year contract, you know. So it all looked on paper to be a good decision that they had a new, a new chairman who was going to pump a lot of money into the club. The guy they've recently been to court with, the Latvian guy, I don't know if you read, yeah. read about that. Yeah. Um, and I just had this feeling that it was I was making a mistake. And I phoned my dad. I said, look, this doesn't feel right. There's something about, I just got this feeling. And he's like, you know, look, you know, it's, it's this, it's that, it's that. It's the, it, you know, it's the best offer on the table. And obviously I went for it and the, the, got stitched up out of relocation money by the chairman. Uh, the, the Oyston guy, who is a complete tosser, um, <laughs> stitched me out of thousands of pounds within the first couple of weeks. The training ground was shit. The manager was a prick. You know, <laughs> it was like everything about it. Everything about it was when I, I just couldn't wait to get out of there, you know. But it was the only time in my career where I acted up to get out of the club eventually, like 18 months later. Um, but I just knew I had, to, I had to be selfish and do that, you know. Um, but yeah. You know, it was it. but that fast forward that to the end of my career when my last season, I kind of just, I, again, I just felt like it was, it was, it was up. You know, enough's enough. Like you know, and I had this opportunity to go and work for Porsche and went with my gut instinct. So you know, retired a lot younger than I probably would have thought I would have done. You know, when I was much younger, do you know what I mean? I imagine playing to my age I am now, but yeah, you know, I think I just yeah. went with my thing that enough was enough. So who was who was the manager at, um, at Blackpool? Simon Grayson. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he gets mixed reviews, him, doesn't he? I, I, I had this problem where the chairman had told me. So I don't, you may or may not know when you when you move clubs, you are in, you're able to claim eight thousand pounds up to eight thousand pounds of relocation fees. That can cover rent, curtains, removals, carpets, whatever is linked to that. You can claim for it. So they said, look, there's there's four thousand in the contract, but we'll give you the eight. Don't worry about that. Just that's just what's in the contract. Okay, fine. Didn't know any different. Didn't really know them, but had no reason not to, not to trust them. You know. So obviously moved up there, 
went through all that, bought a house, uh, you know, started handing these receipts in, and the clerk was going, well, hang on a minute, you've had your four grand. And I went, yeah, but you said I could have up to eight, the maximum. Yeah, yeah, no, you can't. So <laughs> straight away, straight away, um, with me, I'm, I am quite black and white. That, I, I was done. At that point, I, I was done. That's you know, what already I mean? killed you. And, and, and you know, um, I just I despised the place. I went to, to Grace and said, "Look, you need to, you need to help me out here." And he didn't want to know. Did not want to know. Like you know, um, and and I, 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 you know, looking back now, maybe I should have dealt with it differently. Maybe I should have just got on with it, gone sod it, do it, get on with it. Um, but it really, it really like, rankled me like massively. Um, and I also down tools, but mentally I was, I was, you know, not committed to that at all. Like, you know. Yeah. I mean, how, how can you be, how can you be committed to work for, for someone like that? I, I don't think anyone was, would blame me. Yeah, I'll make you right. I'll make you right. So that was, it was uh, Millwall after that, wasn't it? Yeah. So then I got, then I got, um, uh, and it's weird how football, you know, can really turn in, in the space of, in the space of a, of a day, um, I uh, <clears throat> I was sat. I'd come home from training uh, at Blackpool. Was sat on, the, on my sofa at home, and uh, phone went. My agent, uh, Mill want you. Mill want you to go there on loan. They're they're having a bit of a nightmare down the bottom of League One. They 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 want to sign you. They need a goalkeeper. Like you know, I was like, right. But you need to get down there tonight because you're playing tomorrow night against Nottingham Forest. So it was like, right, fuck, right. So a bit of negotiation with the club and that to get out of there. And I sort of tried to play hardball because I thought, well, bollocks to them, like, you know. Yeah. Um, and then by 10 o'clock that night, I was in some supporters' house's spare bedroom, bedding <laughs> down, like, you know. Um, played the next night against Nottingham Forest and, like, got man in a match. Um, and was buzzing, like, you know, it's brilliant, like, do you know what I mean? You know, and that was the season Forest were in the in League One. So to give you a short, again, this is this for me was a pivotal moment in my career. Um, played 22 games. These figures are burnt in my head. Played 22 games, clipped seven clean sheets in those 22 games. Their average goal, I think, conceded per game was about 1.9 before I got there. I worked out in those 22 games, the average goals because it was like 0.9. So we played the last game of the season at Swindon, got dogs abuse because it was my first game back at Swindon. <laughs> Uh, and the manager said, like, can you come in early on Monday? Because I obviously want to have a chat with you. Like, you know, so I'm thinking, brilliant. Like, you know what I mean? I've, I've resurrected my career. I think I've done well. You know, the club's avoided relegation. They were in the relegation zone when I got there. Bang, bang, bang. Brilliant. Like, you know, so I'm thinking, how much, <laughs> I'm thinking, how much am I going to accept? What will, I, what will I sign for? You know, all this. He, he phoned me today. He said, "Could you come in a bit earlier, like quarter to nine, caught something up really early?" And I was like, "Yeah, fine, no problem." So got to the training ground, um, went into his office, and uh, Kenny Jacket was the manager. So he's another one, another, another nasty piece of work. Um, and bear in mind, he said to my agent at the time earlier, ten games to go. He, he, my agent phoned him and said, "Look, you know, because my contract was up, they'd taken over my contract at Blackpool and and all this." Uh, he said, "You know, Reese has done." really well, um, really pleased with what he's done for us, you know, since he signed, you know, let's just get the season done and we'll, 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 we'll sort something out, like, you know, so I had that in the back of my head, I thought I'd done well, I walk in his office, I sit down, he said, yeah, he said, um, look, we're going to go with somebody else next season, thanks for what you've done, like that, 
like, and it was like, like, oh, like, and I literally got up. I didn't, I didn't say a word to him. I got up and I just slammed his door <laughs> and just walked out the training ground and got in my car. Phone my, my dad because obviously I'd spoken to him and we're going like, should I accept? What should I? What, should, what would I accept? What would I? What's he going to say? I phoned him. He went. He went like, and that was quick. I was like, yeah, he's just like, he, he's just like told me to like get lost. Like, just binned you off. Like what? Like what? Like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like you know. So and I, and I, I wound myself up on the conversation. I literally swung my car around in the middle of the road in London. <laughs> I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill him. Like you know, you turned in this mazy busy road, drove back to the training ground, steaming. Like I was gonna, I was gonna go and kill him. Like you know, <laughs> and the goalkeeper coach must have seen me drive back in and kind of intercepted me and bear hugged me back to my car. Like he's like, don't, don't. You know, my dad's going, don't, don't, don't. Like as I'm going, I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill him. Um, I think it was just such a blow, you know, because I, I thought I'd resurrected myself from a really bad experience at Blackpool. Um, and to be told, like, you know, see you later, was, I was just, um, yeah, gutted. I, that, for me, was another real pivotal moment in my career, I think, you know, where it went sort of tits up, you know. Yeah, definitely. Especially in the way, that to, to do it like that as well, he, he's another one, again, um, Dakit gets mixed reviews. Just... just yeah. It's just a yeah, weird, not man. not a good, not a good man, not a good man. Because he because he must know that you're gonna have those thoughts going through your head. He obviously knows that you've oh, done well, so they they what, know what? they know they're playing with your emotions like that. Oh, it's, it's scandalous! Yeah, absolutely scandalous. You know, and I, and I had a lot of the players call me after that on that day or the day after to say like, what what, what happened? Then? I'm like, look, that's that's what that. he wasn't. He was he's not one of these managers. A popular manager in the club that he works at, you know, certainly when I was at Mill, he wasn't, and, you know, but he gets success, doesn't he? He, he, you know, you can't yeah. argue wherever he's been, he tends to get, you know, success, so he, yeah, he's got a good CV. Sticks with what he knows, doesn't he, you know, and you have to be ruthless as a manager, but, you know, I think there's a duty of care to your players, certainly, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's like an ego thing, do you reckon? I think it's just an arsehole thing, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, you know, I, there, there was there was previous with me and him because he was the assistant manager at QPR when I got taken on loan there, um, and that was quite a big wake up call for me going into QPR with Ian Holloway and, and him as assistant, and I and I don't think he liked me like I don't think he liked me as a person. I think he signed me begrudgingly uh, for Millwall, um, and you know I I I, I think that's probably always his plan all along. Do you know what I mean? And obviously just kept me sweet. Because he needed me to do a job for him, like which I I think I did, you know. So after that, then uh, you ended up at Bradford. Yeah, and that was one of my most enjoyable seasons. Played for Stuart McCall, who was the complete opposite to the, the yeah. other two managers I mentioned. What a, my favourite manager I played for. What a great guy, you know. What a fantastic man. He comes across a good guy, actually, doesn't he? Yeah, brilliant. Like you know, fantastic. Um, Nigel Martin was my goalkeeper coach, which was brilliant. Yeah. You know. Uh, Somebody like that, you know, he couldn't serve because his foot was knackered. He had a broken bone in his foot, which is why he retired. But for me at that age, to be able to, you know, to be able to go and say, what do you think of that? Or talk to me about that um, was, 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 was fantastic. Right? You know what I mean? So everything about that, we were, I lived in a lovely place, the highest village in England, um, out in, in the middle of nowhere. Um, as a family, I think we were happy there, you know, and everything around it was great. I uh, played like 49 games that season. Um, I got one of the Player of the Year awards. But then it, again, 
you know, uh, we missed out on the playoffs by about, I think, three, three points. If we'd have got in the playoffs, we would have got TV money, which would have kicked the club on because earlier in the season, we had a game kicked off, due, uh, called off due to snow um, mm. and lost the money. So basically, end of the season, the chairman went, anybody who's on more than uh, £1,000 a week has to go. Um, and I was in that bracket. Um, uh, you know, so you play those games. I thought, again, and I had a really good relationship with the Bradford fans. I went back. They were South, actually, I think Southend that season, the fog, a couple of seasons later, we're back with Southend and got a, a, a standing ovation as I warmed up when Glenn was injured. You know, and that was like, you know, you think like, oh, what, you know, if only like, do you know what I mean? If only yeah. I could have stayed longer. Um, yeah. And, you know, work with Stuart McCall, continue working with Nigel Martin, you know, which was fantastic for me. Um, uh, and obviously wasn't meant to be, you know. So, and that really was the last time I enjoyed football is the honest answer. And then went to Bristol Rovers late in pre-season, wasn't really fit enough. And again, was just used as a, as a, as a backup. And I'm not really one for being a backup goalkeeper. I don't enjoy that experience. And then you find me uh, at South End, which I know was obviously with you. Your question about ten minutes ago, wasn't it? Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. It, but yeah, so so you there was obviously a lot of very public uh, financial struggles. No team, like Paul Sturrock turns up, clicks his fingers, and a and a team turn up. Yeah, I didn't really have a lot of choice. There wasn't many offers on the table uh, for me at that stage. Um, you know, it was it, it was a case of my only real option like you know what I mean and um you know was was sort of happy to sign and um I, I again you know and, and Glenn was great Glenn Morris did great and he you know did really well that season in terms of playing I I was um I thought I'd done well in pre-season and I was I was I remember at the time and, and you tell me otherwise but I thought I had a good pre-season I, I think we played Derby I think so then I played well in that game um, and I thought I'd done well and then on the before the first game of the season to be told I wasn't playing Glenn was playing I remember that, I remember quite shocked at that and that really again and my, and my tolerance level at that point after my previous few years was pretty low so that really that I was I was gutted about that do you know what I mean because again I thought I, I think I, I, I can't I, you know it's 10 years ago now you know but I remember thinking I'd done well and I think I was genuinely shocked not to be named in the first team of the season uh, 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 and, and Glenn played, you know. But again, Glenn did great. You know, I can't. I'm not. I'm not mocking him at all. You know, and we had a we had a good working relationship. You know, um, you are you are right, sorry, but you are right. I'm, I remember at the time on the uh, the South End fan website, and everyone thought you'd be number one. Well, the majority of people. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, in, that's interesting. That. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it, you know, it it it, it was. Um, yeah, I was gutted about that. I was gutted about that because again, you know, every every opportunity you get, you think right, okay. I'm, I'm back in here. I'm back on it. Here we go. Like, do you know what I mean? And that, and that enthusiasm you have is up there, and then it just gets blown out of the water. Yeah. And, and, and that, and I, I think, I, I, I've, I, I, you know, I've, I had to, I've thought about it a lot, and I think what the, you know, just broaden it a little bit. I think you know what you end up doing as, as, a, as a professional footballer is you, you, you build this armour up. You know, you build this tough exterior up to get you through professional football. I think the longer you have the armour, the heavier it gets. You know, so the older you get, the harder it gets, and and, and the the blows get harder the older you get. Do you know what I mean? And you're not quite as resilient as you were when you were younger. 
Um, and I think you know that that was a that was a that was a kick in the balls a little bit, you know. And um, and again, the problem is then when you get a chance, you know, when I then got to play, you know, you you, you have that air of desperation about you, you know, because you're so keen to take the opportunity and you rev yourself up so much for that opportunity um, that it almost then imp impedes you a little bit, like do you know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So you, so you say you had. I guess that this this must be a thing with, with goalkeepers everywhere. But is there like an unwritten rule between like the goalkeepers, like the GK Union? Like, well, it's like we're not picking the team because it's, it's like you obviously there's only, you can you can have four defenders, four midfielders, whatever. There's only one goalkeeper. So is it yeah. is it difficult to really sort of keep a good working relationship with the other goalkeepers when you're not in the team? Uh, I think it depends. I think it depends on the personalities. You know what I mean. Um, I, I never really fell out of any goalkeeper that I was at a club with, from memory. Um, and I always tried to get on well with the young lads. I, I think that's something I found since I've started coaching a little bit. You know, is that I think I definitely am, I'm, I'm able to communicate with, you know, apprentice age goalkeepers. You know, and, and 16, 17, 18, 19 year old lads. And hopefully, I'd like to think hopefully Danny Bentley would back that up. You know, Ted might back that up as well from the experience I had with him. Um, so I would always try and do that. And obviously, then Lee Turner went during that during that season, um, and it was I kind of just took over the the, the goalkeeping sessions. Really, Sturrock tried to do it a couple of days, and that was fucking horrendous. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, "I've got I've got my coaching goalkeeper coaching badge, like you know." And, Sort of Glenn and I looked at one another and was like, oh, shit, like, you know what I mean? And, uh, but, yeah, it only lasted one or two sessions and I think we gave him the impression that, no, you're okay, like, you know. <laughs> on, the, on the whole, how, how was, uh, was Sturrock to, to work with? He, I, I found him personally frustrating because he wasn't one, for, I don't think he was one for man management, you know. When I, when I was dropped on those couple of occasions after being in the team, there was no come up to my office on the Friday or whatever or talk to me, just name the team and I wasn't in it. And, I, and I, 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 I wasn't really keen on that kind of style of management personally. You know I mean? I think that, that personal touch goes a long way with players, you know, in my opinion. Um, I think that the stories I'd always heard about him, you know, prior to working with him, I think he, I, I think unfortunately his illness had kind of caught up with him at the point when yeah. I got to work with him, you know. Um, he was probably, a, and you know, even even Bark said that to me, you know, that he was a bit of a shadow of his former self, you know, and he was obviously trying to manage his medication and everything else, you know. So, um, look, you know, it, what, what I would say to, to, I will always hold him in high regard because after the South, South End season, I went on trial back at Bradford and I bust my knee really badly and I'm having an operation. And um, he allowed me to go back into South End the following season and do my rehab um, right. with Ken Clarkson. And he didn't have to do that. Um, so I, I will always be very grateful for that. And I'll always, you know, if he ever asked me to do anything for him or help him out, I would always, you know, look to return that, that gesture, you know. So, um, yeah, uh, massive respect for him, what he did for me afterwards, but disappointed at times with how I was treated, you know, but, you know, it is what it is, isn't it, you know. Yeah, um, and obviously this is something that we're we're about to move on to in much more detail. We we touched on it very briefly earlier with the the, the mental health struggles for for footballers. Yeah, but um, we we had a conversation earlier, like before we were recording this, about supporters 
and their the role they they can play, particularly with a with a goalkeeper. Yeah, I think you know what I've learned a lot in the last. Where are we now? Five months since Christmas with Chris. Um, I I look at things very very differently, and you know what. And I've seen some amazing gestures from people in relation to Chris. I've also seen some, some, a couple of really shit things like, you know what I mean? And people, you know, there are definitely people out there who, who like to attach themselves to um, grief and, 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 you know, that kind of wallowing element of it. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you go back to my, my, you know, so let's make this relevant. When I played, I remember playing in a game and I had a horrendous experience where we played at home and, um, I was playing and, and this shot was hit at me and it's hit this divot in front of me and gone over me and gone in the goal. And then something else happened. That was probably like when I was dropped off that and I played a Lincoln away and made a, 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 a bad mistake for a goal, you know. Um, and, you know, you, you get a lot of abuse, which, 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 is, which is fine in itself. But, you know, there's, there's you know, no problem with, with people, you know, supporters will pay their money. You know, it's a massive release for them, for a lot of them on a Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday night, whenever it is, you know, but then what, what, and I think obviously social media was, was in, in its infancy when I played, thank God, because I don't think I probably would have dealt with that very well. Um, you, know, you know, but sometimes I'll see something, um, you know, about me and I've seen it related to South End, you know, where I can't, whatever I've seen, and then you, you scroll and go, oh yeah, he was shit or he was fucking useless, like, do you know what I mean? You know, and you think, yeah, okay, but then, then, sure as shit some of these people would no doubt would have been would have been you know um offering their condolences in regards to what happened with chris you know and again that's fine and that's that's you know the right thing to do but are they are these people i'm not saying all people do it i'm saying there there will be people who do both of those things you know and i think i find it a little bit you know uh hypocritical you know i think people have need to have a, just a little bit more thought at times you know that yeah, have a rant, have a moan, you know, but you, I think there needs to be more awareness of what that effect that has on players. Do you know what I mean? Especially when they're your own players. Do you know what I mean? It's like going outside and keying your own car, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it defies logic, doesn't it? You know, why would you yeah. abuse somebody who's, who is no doubt trying their very best to, 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 to do well for your club, you know? And yeah, of course. Not every not every player has got a deep emotional attachment to a club, and it's a job, like you know any job is, you know. So, but I guarantee you, every player when he's out there is is doing it the best he can at that moment. Do you know what I mean? And it might not always be the best, he, you know. It might not work out like that, but you know. And and, and people are very quick to, you know, um, when something bad happens or somebody passes away or somebody you know ultimately commits suicide, that they're very quick to then go, "That's terrible. That's awful." You know, are they applying that same thought pattern in, in the opposite instance, you know, where they're giving people a bit of stick, you know? And I just think there needs yeah. to be, a, I don't know, you know, that's just my, it's a very sensitive subject to me because obviously what I've, what I've witnessed in terms of the fallout of Chris's death and obviously how it's affected me personally as well, you know. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's very easy to go, yeah, mental health, mind, charity, you know, let's all, let's all, you know, let's all get behind that. But it's not just about donating money, is it, or retweeting some or, 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 or backing some. It's about behaviour and how, how, how you treat people prior to that point because that, that's the ultimate. But what I would say... Just the caveat that is with with what happened with Chris, I don't. I personally, my own opinion is is that it, what he what he was struggling wasn't. I don't think was was stopping playing football. I think there were other things that 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 you know that were contributing factors. Bringing it back to like a general football thing and where fans can like go a bit too far at times. It's like say say for example, someone's given you a bit of stick and then later on that night they see you filling up your car they're not yeah. going to say a word to you no it's that yeah it, it's that mob mentality isn't it and people feel quite brave within the mob and you know I play games and probably you know you've made a mistake and the next one you catch you get that ironic cheer yeah and that always used to really yeah, that's a, yeah, that that's always used to really annoy it's me like, it's know, not, it's not helping yeah. what exactly you know and any player do you know what I mean you know and yeah. yeah you'll see players who don't look like they're trying very hard but everybody does things differently don't they do you know what I mean you know and I think unfortunately the very dangerous thing within football is, is that if you get that core nucleus of people who take a dislike to a player that slowly but surely sort of radiates doesn't it you know and and um, you know it, it, as, as a player that's really difficult I think to to overcome you know and some do um I'm sure there's plenty of, of, of players and, and, and relevant careers that have that have been affected quite quite severely by that. Do you know what I mean? And some players probably still carry it with them now. I think I think you know if I was a player now, I, I would take myself off of, of social media altogether. You know, and if if my son does ever you know play uh, at any level, I would certainly be saying the same thing to him. You know, because. Um, you know, obviously, back in my day, it was forums. You know, the forum is this and the forums that. Like, I mean, you know, um, and I, I had a player last season with me uh, at, at the football club at Swindon Supermarine, where I coach, um, come up to me and said, "Oh, you know, so and so said this on the." I'm like, "Don't even read it. Like, do you know what I mean? Do not even entertain that. Don't even let it enter your headspace. You know, because." You don't know who this person is. You know what I mean? He could be a 45-year-old virgin living in his mum's house. <laughs> which, which, again, is you could say is, is me being out of order by kind of describing him like that. But what my point is, is what, is it, what does his opinion matter? You know, he's never kicked a ball in anger. You know, if, if one of the coaching staff comes to you and say, look, I think you could have done this better or done that, you know, yeah, listen to them and, and try and take on board because they're trying to do it for your best interest. Not... You know, Malcolm, who, who, who's who's sitting in his bedroom typing on his laptop, like, do you know what I mean? You know, and I think, you know, that that's that's the difference, isn't it, really? Yeah, I think ultimately, ultimately, a lot of frustration comes from with fans is they probably don't admit it, but deep down, footballers are, are playing their dreams. Yeah, you know, they're they're living their yeah. dreams, Absolutely. so they they are 
they, they almost probably don't realise it, but their frustrations are coming out that way. Yeah, uh, you know, and that's, I think that's my point, really, is I think that, yeah, absolutely, you know, no, no question, everybody has those moments where they F and Jeff and, you know, curse somebody, you know, I just think that, I just hope that after what's gone on, and especially with, you know, South End and, 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 and Chris and that, you know, that, that that thought process maybe has just changed a little bit, you know, just a little bit, you know, because um, I think that will benefit everybody in that, in that scenario, you know what I mean? I'll try not to go into too, too much, because obviously I know the full, the full background yeah. to it, but in terms of, you know, the kind of the, the, uh, the general overview, I was with Chris 48 hours before, we had dinner together. Um, uh, um, uh, you know, he, 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 he was a little bit down about a couple of things, um, that I'd not, and I'd not heard him talk like that before because he was quite a strong, strong archetypal Yorkshireman, like you know, tight as tight as anything. You know, didn't like spending his money, but at the same time was the most generous man you could ever wish to meet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I went, I, I, I went home early that night, and I left him with a other friend and shook his hand and said, "Right, see you later, mate." You know, and if I'd have known that was the last time I was going to ever see him. I would have stayed till three in the morning. I would have, you know what I mean? And all these things I've had to think about for the last four months, you know. Um, but never, ever, ever, never, ever did I ever think that he would do what he did. Um, you know, um, I'm sure you know people in your life that you might go, okay, I could, I could, I could potentially see that person maybe doing that. You know, that, you know, you could kind of imagine it almost. He was so far the other end of that scale to me. Um, I, I, uh, so that was the Saturday night, uh, on New Year's day, I was at my, uh, uh, Swin and Supermarine game, um, and I'd been warming up on the pitch, uh, and came into my phone. I happened to check my phone and I had, I had multiple missed calls, which is very, not many people call me like, but, uh, multiple missed calls on my phone from the, the couple of friends within our, uh, friend group, um, so that, that was a alarm bells were ringing straight away. So I, I phoned back and our friend who I'd left Chris with on the Saturday night said, have you, have you heard from him in the last couple of days? And uh, I said, no, no, not at all. You know, um, no, I, I, no, I've been busy, you know, I'd work and I'm at the game and um, I was going to give him a call later to see if he was all right, you know, because I knew he was a bit down about a couple of things. Uh, okay, fine. All right, no worries. They, they they can't find him. You know, he's he's gone missing, sort of thing. You know, um, put the phone down. Okay, let me know. Let me know when you find him. Like, you know, what I mean, Just let me know. He's probably gone for a run uh, with his dog. You know, because um, the dog was was gone as well. Um, carried on getting changed from the warm up kit to go and stand on the bench or sit on the bench there. Uh, and my son was with me. Uh, he's sixteen. Uh, and my phone went again, um, and I was told, you know, that he'd been found. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I don't think I've ever been more shocked in my life, you know. Um, and my son was right in my eye line, so he saw my face obviously change. And, you know, um, I, I, whether I... I whether I blacked out for a second, but certainly my memory of what happened next is 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 not there, you know. 
Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, 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 I've lost family members in my life and, you know, from old age and illness, but they, you know, obviously it's a shock, but not in the sense of the shock that I had uh, on New Year's Day. Um, no. Certainly, you know, and um, I mean, that that really was, was looking now, that was just the start of it, you know, it was, um, it, it, was, it, was, it was a pretty horrendous um, few weeks, uh, to be honest with you. Well, I can imagine. I can, well, I can't imagine, actually. I, look, I, 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 I genuinely hope, you know, you, you, you would never have to go, go through that experience. You know, I hope nobody would ever have to go through that experience, you know, because, you know, um, <clears throat> like I say, I think, I think because of the type of character that he was, and, and, and maybe, you know, looking on the bigger picture, that, that was half the problem, maybe, you know, that he was, you know, that strong exterior that, you know, <laughs> I don't think I ever had a, 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 a particularly deep conversation with him in the 10 years that I knew him, you know. Uh, um, it just wasn't the kind of conversation you have with, with, with Barks, you know. Um, but I, I, I've got some amazing memories of, of, of firstly living with him for that season when we first met at South End. And, you know, we went on holiday every summer uh, since then, um, you know, and I, I would always look forward to um, our, our holidays, you know, and the two, three, four days, whatever it was we went for, was something that, that I would always kind of look forward to and aim for, you know what I mean, you know, and, um, um, you know, and even further beyond that, we'd always talked about Chris's dream was to own a bar in Spain one day, you know, to retire to Spain and have a bar. And, we, we talked about it on, on the Saturday night, you know, we actually talked about it. Um, and, you know, from a very selfish point of view, you know, I, I've, I've lost that in my life. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've lost that, uh, that dream, that, 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 that thing I would always aim for every year and that longer term aim to, you know, uh, potentially retire one day to Spain and, 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 you know, have a bar with him maybe, you know, um, yeah, just a just a devastating experience all around, really. And, and seeing what it's done to seeing what it's done to his family as well, you know, it's um, it it it, it just 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 awful. Yeah. yeah well, obviously, really. um, this week was supposed to be the uh, the game for him, like at the yeah. end of the season. How how much were you sort of looking forward to that, really? I, I, I've got to be honest. I think I was dreading it as much as I was looking forward to it. To be honest with you, because I think it would have been. It, I, I, no doubt that would have been a very difficult um, thing to do, you know. Um, obviously, would 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 be there, hundred percent, you know, no question. Um, you know, the, the 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 funeral was was very emotional, um, and no doubt that would have been a similar experience um, to to have walked out and played, you know, in in his memory. Do you know what I mean? You know, and. Um, I, I hope that we can arrange it, you know, when things go back to normal, obviously, and probably realistically will probably be next season now on or next this time next year, I guess. Unless, you know, because a lot of the people involved in it will probably be with their own clubs, whether that's coaching or whatever. Uh, so to have the availability will be difficult. So it's, it, it is a real shame, you know, and I hope that, I hope that the effect out of it won't be lost through time. Um, and that we can still make the most of it when when we are able to do it, and hopefully raise some money, and, and, and more than anything, just on 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 a, on a him as a person. Do you know what I mean? And um, you know, I certainly won't. I certainly won't let his 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 memory um, die. Um, 
And I think the one, if there is one nice thing out of it, that he will always be young in my head when I'm old and grey and wrinkly and, and, you know, false knees and hips. He will, always, he will always be 39 in my head, you know, and he'll always look as he did that Saturday night when I last saw him, you know. Um, uh, um, yeah, you know, he it, 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 it was such a great guy. Um, uh, you know, just, just, just a, a first-class bloke, you know, um, you know, I would often, the, 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 he didn't like it when I used to say this, but, you know, what I found was I, when I met him, my career went down the toilet, but my social <laughs> life went through the roof, you know. And only last year, you know, um, we were at an event together um, and I said it in front of him. And he got he got a bit funny about it. Like, he said, you always say that. You always say that. Like, you know, and uh, I was like, yeah, because I mean it. Like, do you know what I mean? You know, like, like, you know um, but no, you know, I... I he, I, I will always forever be grateful, you know, and there's times now when, you know, like this scenario now, you know, I'll, I'll, something will happen and I'll, 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 I've done it a couple of times, pick the phone up to call him, to tell him about it. And you're like, Shh, no, I can't, like, do you know what I mean? You know, and then, mm. and, and then that's, uh, that's, that's, that, that's a shame. Yeah. Now I think what, what you were saying that you hope the, like the value in doing this charity game isn't lost over the, over the time. I, I actually th- hope and I do think it will actually add to it I think because of what happened, because it got postponed through nobody's fault. I, I think when it does happen, I, th- I think it could potentially make it a bigger event. Hopefully, you know, whatever we can do to, um, to, 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 to promote it or whatever it needs to be, you know, um, obviously I know that, that Chris at the paper had put a lot of effort into it and, and you know, fair play to him. Um, you know, from from what I've seen and, and the outpouring of affection for him, you know, I, I, I'm confident it will. Be, you know, we good. You know, it's just, um, you know, it's just a, a hope, really. You know, just a hope that it, it, it will still be as as thing. He would hate it, by the way. He would absolutely hate the idea of it. You know, he he was not somebody that would, you know, uh, blow his own trumpet. You know, or or, or like any kind of. Um, Un- unnecessary attention, you know. So the 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 very thought of a game being played in his honour would would uh, wouldn't sit particularly comfortable with him. I don't think, to be honest with you. <laughs> so did you did you meet him at Southend? Is that when you first met him? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, so he turned up. Obviously, I don't know if the season had started or what. I don't know. I'd already rented this place. I can't remember the name of the square, but in Westcliff, there's a bowling green with houses that run around it. And there's like a cafe attached to the bowling green. I think you know? I do know what you mean, but I don't know what it's called. Yeah, I can't remember now myself, but we had a, a, I had a, an apartment over two floors that looked out onto this bowling green. And as you know, rent's quite expensive in Southend. So he turned up and we just got talking. I was, we were up north somewhere, like, at his, like somewhere like Huddersfield or something like that. And he turned up and I was about to go down to a garage to get a drink. And he, he said, oh, do you want to jump in my car? I'll take you down there. I was like, yeah, okay, like, do you know what I mean? You know, and I'm not really one for mixing. I, I, I'm quite happy in my own company. I'm not, you know, I, I, I wasn't, you know, it was just the way I, I am, you know. Uh, got in the car with him and just got talking. You know, it, 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 it you know, sounds a bit, sounds a bit uh, soppy, like, but you know, people say about when they meet a woman and they know. It was almost like that with him, you know, that we, we just, we just got on straight away. And I think I'm quite straight talking. He's certainly very straight talking. Um, 
and we just got, uh, I guess, the subject of where you're going to live came up. I said, look, I've just rented this place. It's really nice. Why don't you just come and rent the spare room and split the rent with me? Like, so you're doing me a favour. Um, and he was like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, and he came round, I think, a couple of days later. He was like, yeah, fine. You know, yeah, move in. Um, <laughs> but the <laughs> funny story was, so I'd moved in with my, with some of my furniture. My, my wife at the time, my son had stayed uh, in Swindon because... Um, just keep my son in school and everything else. So I had, I had this two-seater, like, leather sofa. So we came in, and, like, the first night, he sat down, and I sat down, and this sofa, I'm, he's quite a big guy, and I'm a fairly big guy, and we were just sat like that on this thing, <laughs> like, this, this, this ain't going to work, like, do you know what I mean? You know, he's like, no, no. He said, well, we need to go and get a sofa. So the next day, we walked down, because uh, this road would then take you to, the, to almost to the top of town, uh, so I walked down there and it's like this Heart Foundation charity shop. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to. We'll go in there. I was like, okay. So there was this, <laughs> there was this floral like sofa that obviously some old deer had died on or something, you know. It was in the <laughs> and we go in there and, and like, as I said, he was a Yorkshireman. He, he did, he, he was really generous in a lot of ways, but he wouldn't waste his money. Like, you know what I mean? He would buy you dinner, no, no problem, but he wouldn't just go and waste his money, like, you know. So we go in there and he says to the woman, can I have that? And she's like, yeah, yeah, fine. You know, um, she's like, when would you, when would you like it? And he's like, no, 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 we'll, we'll take it now. And the woman's face was like, what? And he's like, no, we're going to take it now. She's like, we haven't got any delivery. He said, no, no, we'll, 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 we'll carry it out. So I've looked at him like, what? Well, we're so, <laughs> we've then had to like, you know, like Chuckle Brothers got this massive <laughs> sofa. Like it was an old sofa, it's like three seater sofa. We're walking up the road carrying this sofa, me and him. <laughs> and I'm like, and he's like shoving me with it, and I'm trying to walk with my hands turned around the other way. Are you walking like, backwards? <laughs> yeah, back up the road to this, to this, to this uh, apartment we'd rented or uh, flat we'd rented. But we had to sit down a couple of times. So you imagine this picture of me and him sat on this floral <laughs> sofa on the on the on the part of the main road, just sat there like blowing out of our arseholes, you know, trying to get this sofa back. But then we had to get it up the stairs to the front door, then up the stairs into the first floor of where we, you know, the front door of this apartment. And uh, yeah, so you, you had him, me on my one, and him on his one, um, and, he, and he nicknamed it Betty. So at training, he couldn't wait to get home to get on Betty and have a cuddle like with Betty. <laughs> <laughs> and he was notorious, and it, like, it was funny, because at the funeral, you get talking to people who need to live with a couple of other guys. He was notorious for, getting a couple of uh, orange lucasades. He loved orange lucasade. Um, and if he got home first, you'd walk into this flat and he'd be like a sauna because he'd whack the thermostat right up to the maximum and he'd be asleep on the sofa. He'd drunk a bottle of like orange lucasade and it was like, you know, it was like tropical in this flat. And I'm like, you're not even paying towards the bills, like, do you know what I mean? You know, you're <laughs> running the thermostat to the max. Um, but that, that, that was him, like, do you know what I mean? You know, and uh, that was how we lived for that season, like, you know, it, and I have to say, it, it was brilliant, like, you know, I just loved it. It was absolutely brilliant. It, it, it was tough because obviously I, I'd found out on the day, but then had like the, the next sort of 24, 48 hours with a lot of people who knew that he and I were friends contacting me thinking they were telling me something I didn't already know, you know. Um, so that, 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 that was, that was quite tough, you know, having to have those conversations with people and having to be the person to tell, to tell some other people as well, you know, and, and, um, 
yeah, you know, I think we, we there, there's the core friend, core group of us who go away every year. Um, and we've just tried to approach everything of what would he have wanted us to do? Do you know what I mean? What would he have wanted? Um, and, and just try to make every decision related to the, the funeral and everything we've done since uh, with that kind of thought process in mind, you know, so. The first South End captain to the captains at Wembley. Is he really? Um, yeah, so he's gone down the history books for that. And it's one of the sort of images we, South End tweeted at the time when it happened was him leading the team out and it's just sort of, it, it is, um, I can't remember the game we had. What, what, what is, can you remember the game we had after what, when we had the minutes of applause? Tranmere. We played Tranmere at home. It was either the 23rd minute for his number or the 39th minute. And um, the whole ground stood up and applauded. Yeah. And it sort of really got to you, really. It was one of them. Yeah. I've never seen the ground like that before. I, I wasn't able to go. I got asked to go, but I, I couldn't go for one reason. But then I went to a Cardiff Swansea game um, after he passed away. And some of his family were there as well. So I was, I was, I was grateful to be invited. Um, and they did a did a thing before the game, and, and even now, just just said that there, and the, the hairs on the back of my neck yeah. have gone right, you know. And to see a whole stadium like that, and obviously the Cardiff Stadium is on a bit of another level, isn't it? Yeah. Um, stand up and applaud for your mate. Do you know what I mean? For, forget the player element and the, and the teammate yeah. element. To do that for your mate, your friend, um, that that was that was um, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, incredible, really. Like, do you know what I mean? You know, um, yeah. It's like I've never seen the South End before. Put it that way, because it really, yeah. And that, and that's great. You know, that, that's fantastic. And uh, and you know, and fair play to all the people that, that that are taking the time to do that. You know, it's um, it 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 it's a fantastic thing in 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 honour of him, isn't it? Players like Chris, what they're able to do is drag people with them. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You know, and that isn't that isn't just on on a on a ninety minute game. It's it's in training every day. You know, he 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 would pull people up, um, you know, within training. You know, and, and demand of people generally. You know, um, and that was why I was personally really keen for my son to perhaps get get something at Forest Green, knowing that he would then be with Chris for a couple of years. You know. Not, not as a, not from a coaching point of view, but I just knew he would make him a better man, you know, a better person, um, because he he would he would tell me stories of what he'd have the young lads at Forest Green doing, you know, sweeping out the minibus and this, that, and the other, like, you know, and not not because he wanted to be an arsehole, but because he wanted them to to to, to, to do it right, do you know what I mean? And all these little things that 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 that, that matter, you know. Um, so, you know, he's he's a big loss to coaching as well, you know, he's a big loss to. You know, to see how upset his youth team boys were at the funeral, you know, was heartbreaking, you know, because, you know, you could, he obviously had made a great impact on them in a short period of time, you know, and, and um, you know, they were deeply affected by, by his, his death as well, you know, and um, just, just again, just goes to show the, 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 the mark of the man. He was never an apprentice. So he, he never had an apprenticeship. He was working as a lifeguard in a swimming pool in Barnsley, <laughs> um, playing local football, you know. So he, had, he, he was very grounded, you know, very, very grounded in that sense that, you know, he got into the game late, but did very, very well out of it, you know. Um, so he, 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 he had those 
standards and those personal level, you know, just because just that was who he was. Do you know what I mean? Um, not because he'd been... His, his PE teacher spoke at his funeral at the service afterwards at the, the public service. And he, he gave a fantastic speech about Chris and, and how he was as a, as, a, as a kid, you know, within PE lessons and school teams and how he would obviously have to compete with his older brother, you know, and, and that how he fought to have his own identity and not be Richie's brother. You know, he was, he was his own man, you know. Yeah. Um, and his dad was a really good runner as well, apparently. Um, you know, so you, you can see that the ground he got from his family and without divulging too much, I think the loss of both his parents was a major factor in, in, in his life. Do you know what I mean? As it would be for anybody, but I mean, in terms of what he ultimately decided to do, um, you know, I think the loss of his parents at a relatively young age, you know, had a, had a, a deep effect. I don't think even his closest friends were aware of, you know. So um, I think that was his driving force, you know, as well as, as, well as his daughter. Um, and, you know... Um, he, he, he just had very high personal standards, you know. And one of my biggest regrets personally is that he never saw me at my best. You know, he never saw me in my, in my prime as a, as, a, as a player. Now, he probably mm. couldn't give a, a toss about that, do you know what I mean? Because he treated everybody as he found them, you know. But it's something I've thought about a lot, you know. I, he, he, we, he, he, ne he never, we never talked about it, do you know what I mean? You know, but I, 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 I really wish he, he'd been... With, played with me when I was at the height of my game, you know, not when he saw me in Southend when, when I wasn't, you know. Mm. Um, and like I said, probably would never have affected our friendship. It's just a real personal thing to me because I would have loved for him to really respect me on a player level, having seen me at my best. And he did. And he did. I had no question he didn't respect me at all. But just just a personal rankle of mine, really. Like, do you know what I mean? You know, um, I guess probably says more about me than it does about him, really. As an actual on-the-field teammate, what was he like then? Yeah, pretty pretty ruthless, like you know. Although we were living together, he bollocked me a couple of times. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he he was just somebody, you know, that it's 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 a, it's a well used and overused phrase about you know being in the trench with somebody or being in you know. But he is definitely somebody you'd want in a trench with you or in a, in a situation, you know. Um, you know, I, I I would I would trust him you know, to the, to the absolute maximum, like, do you know what I mean? You know, no, no question whatsoever. It's difficult because obviously my, my, my memories of him have, have kind of merged into the, the personal memories I've got of him, you know, yeah, uh, and, and the time I known him as, as a, as a person far outweighs the time I knew him as a teammate. Do you know what I mean? Um, but he, he, he was somebody that you just, you just knew that he was given everything he had. Do you know what I mean? You know, and, if he was injured, he was injured. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, you know, it's a bit sore and I might give it a miss. If he didn't play, it was because he, he, he was he was struggling. Do you know what I mean? That kind of player. Um, and I think you only have to read some of the, the tributes of other players that played with him or talking to people at the funeral um, afterwards. You know, um, that, that wasn't a one-off thing. That was something he did throughout his career and why he had the career that he had, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the one for me. It was reading other 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 players talking about him as well. You realise that across across the board, wherever he played, he was respected by a lot of people. What what I thought was even more interesting though is the amount of people, the, the amount of non-playing staff that really talked highly of him. You know, he was he was probably far happier going and talking to the kit man in the kit room, having a cup of tea with him, 
as he was talking to the, the star striker or the star player. Because I think Chris was very much more of that level where he was, you know, he 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 cared about people, you know, and he, and he took a, vest, a vested interest in people, you know. And, um, you know, if he knew somebody was struggling or, you know, or whatever, you know, he I heard him offer people money or lend them money. You know, I've heard him do that on many occasions. You know, to give you another example, um, one of our circle of friends is, is Ian. Uh, Ian Lanning, who's now the MK Dons kit man. He was the Cardiff kit man for like 10 years. And uh, that's where he first met Chris, when Chris signed for Cardiff. And Ian lived in his house in Cardiff, rent-free uh, for up until, you know, uh, four or five years ago, um, just because Chris knew he was struggling because he was based in Bath. Um, and he just looked after Chris's house while he was off playing elsewhere. And Chris never took a penny of any kind of rent or anything from him, you know, uh, because he knew that that helped Ian out, you know. And um, he must have lived in his house for 10 years, like, do you know what I mean, without, without paying him a penny. But that, that, and that, and that, and that, that's the kind of guy that, 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 that he was, you know. Yeah, yeah. genuine bloke. Absolutely, yeah. I used to do a bit of media work for the club, and it was when we, we got to that cup final we mentioned where Chris was the, the first Wembley captain. The yeah. club wanted to put together a little behind-the-scenes video or whatever, and it was one day down at the training grounds. Like we, we interviewed him, and that was the first time I met him. And any time I saw him after that, he'd like he'd say hello to me. He'd never walk past me after that without saying hello or like morning yeah. whatever. And it was yeah. something so small, but it's just that he's, yeah. he's gone to the effort. It's like he's learnt my name, and he doesn't yeah. have to do that at all. And he, he'd no. never walk never walk past you. But that, and again, you know, uh, that wasn't something that that wasn't something that was contrived. You know, there was no that was just him. Do you know mm. what I mean? You know, and um, it's difficult for me to 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 not kind of uh, wax lyrical about the guy. Do you know what I mean? You know, because um, because obviously, I, I, I and it's just nice that, that that other people experience the kind of the kind of fellow that he was. Do you know what I mean? Within the last couple of days, the, our group of friends that I mentioned, we bought a greyhound. So we bought a greyhound and we're going to name it after Chris, but we're not. The name hasn't been decided yet. Right. Um, and um, I mean, it's got four legs, so we've got half a chance. Uh, it's got to go through. I'm, I'm new to this, but it's got to go through this trial apparently, and it's going to run at Hove. Um, so when we've decided on the name and it gets through the, the certification to race, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll try and make that a bit more public. Um, but you know, any kind of we're going to obviously try and make any 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 winnings or any any earnings, you know, to get them to, to the charity, hopefully, you know. So, um, hopefully, people had to be able to get behind that um, and give a bit of a focal point, really, and hopefully for his family and that as well. Do you know what I mean? Just something, just to kind of, you know, bring a smile to his, to, to their faces more than anything. But, um, you know, something maybe people can get behind if uh, if, it, if, if it gets to the stage where it's allowed to chase the bunny <laughs> around the, uh, the track. <laughs> Everyone that played with him seems to have their own Billy Moshney story. I wonder if you have one. Yeah, well, you, can you can you can you picture the scene of Barks and Bilal? <laughs> You've got like um, this is why I need to ask that question because I can just imagine Barker pulling his hair out, but at the same time just pulling Bilal's hair out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow, what a what a yeah. <laughs> he 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 is he is such. I say I, I nearly had a twenty-year career, and he probably 
he's one of the more unique characters that I came across. You know, um, is he is he being linked with the club again now? He was training with he was training with Grimsby, but this was obviously before the coronavirus, though. So. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, 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 in normal circumstances, what a lovely guy. Do you know what I mean? You know, the most placid, nice chap you could ever wish to meet. You know, uh, would would bring his prayer mat. We'd have to wait for him to to to, to pray to Mecca before we could leave on the coach and that sort of thing. You know, and uh, and all that. You know, but then. There's probably a, a medical term for it, but he would literally flip a switch. I think mm. there was this, this, you may have heard this story, but have you heard the scissors story? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chasing the, and going to drive to follow the coach down the motorway. I'm, I'm not sure I about think that. we've heard that much. We, we've heard no, as no. much that he was, he was like trying to obviously stab a late and Orient player with some scissors. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, from my, I mean, this might be wrong, but my memory of it was was then he was going to his car to follow their coach back to wherever they were going back to. Again. <laughs> but you know, I walked in. The, I can't remember if I played that night or not. I can't remember if I played, but I, I remember walking back in the changing room, two or three lads being lying on top of him, I was literally like 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 bundling him just to try and keep him where he was, you know, and him having these scissors in his hand, like you know, you're like fuck, you know. I have no no doubt if he'd have got out of there, he would have stabbed him. No question. Oh, no doubt, you don't either. think he's someone that was either got there and like he might no, have bottled it a little bit. No, 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 no. He'd, he'd have gone for his jugular. The guy would have been dead. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. Who was the player? Do you know who the player was? Lee, Lee Martin, I think it was, wasn't it? Little winger. Yeah, the guy. I mean, obviously, Belair was was susceptible to being wound up, you know, yeah. and. Um, I remember the games that I played. I'd probably going, "Bill, all right, calm down, like you know, you know, calm down." Um, but yeah, fuck me, what? <laughs> like moments of like genius, but then like you know, you, as a manager, I don't know whether you would ever take the risk of playing him just because of you could you'd run the risk of playing with ten men every week. Like, I think I mean? that's you know? what's always held him yeah. back. So he, no, no doubt he had bags of ability, but yeah, as you say, just a, a ticking time bomb. Well, I remember when he, I, I, my, my vague memory of him turning up at the training ground and thinking like, you know, because obviously as a footballer you get lots of trialists to turn up. And he turned up and he was like, oh, fucking hell, you know, here's another one. Um, <laughs> and never, never, never thinking that he would amount to anything like, do you know what I mean? You know, and then next thing we signed him and I'm like, you know, um, and then he was playing and it was like all of a sudden it kind of clicked like, do you know what I mean? You know, and, and like, has he, has he had, where does he go after that? I have to say, I've stepped, I stepped away from him and I haven't really followed it that much. But where did he go? Where did he... Do you know what? We should have sold him to West Ham. I think we, I, can't, I can't remember the amount, but West Ham actually bid for him. And um, we, we got greedy and they told us to do one eventually. Um, he ended up at Ron, Ron Martin got greedy. Yeah. <laughs> Can't imagine that. Well, no. um, but um, he went on loan to Ipswich, which was obviously Twice. a step up. Yeah, because um, he actually went AWOL for a bit, didn't he? Yeah, he went AWOL from South End, which is why we loaned him out. And uh, just right. finish up quickly. Um, he got to about February time, was it? We had an injury crisis. Twenty <laughs> miles, we hadn't seen him all season. <laughs> it was like breaking news Friday night. Bill's back. He's going to be in a squad. Sorry, he's going to be starting. We were playing, I think it was Northampton at home, and um, about 10 minutes in, he got a straight red. <laughs> he got sent off. 
he literally, he literally two footed someone's neck, I think, and then um, yeah. it was sent off, and then that was it. So, but um, he's played for Rangers, got involved in a fight at Rangers. Yeah, I've never seen that. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> There's people, I think there's people I play with my career and you go, how have they got that move? You know, and, you, and you're almost a bit like, bastard like, you know, and I probably earned <laughs> a load of money, you know, but then, yeah, incredible, isn't it? Incredible. And he had played for Tunisia, am I right in saying that? Oh yeah, played for Tunisia. International football? Yeah. He got, um, he was in the, you know, when you call up a squad for the World Cup, you have like a 30-man squad, then it gets trimmed down. He got in yeah. the 30-man squad for the, for the last World Cup. But yeah, then went to a World Cup. Nearly went to a World Cup. Couldn't play against England. You know, fair play to the guy. Do you know what I mean? You know, I don't want to sound yeah. bitter, but you yeah. know, fair play. He was meant to be back for the for the game for Barks, wasn't he? He was meant to be there. Uh, so well, it'd, it'd have been it'd have been nice to see him. It'd be it'd be nice to see him playing a game. Hopefully, he wouldn't have topped somebody in life. You know what <laughs> he mean? still like, got sent off. <laughs> he probably still would have been a memorial like you know game. You know, a testimonial type game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think someone like Belleau knows the difference. <laughs> I think he could have a fight with himself in a room on his own, probably, couldn't he? You know, uh, so what, what do you think is going to happen with your club now? Christ knows what's going to happen now. Yeah. I, I really don't know. It, 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 it's, um, you, could be, well, you could be in a very fortunate position, whereas if you were to escape relegation... That you know what I mean? It'd be incredible. We we we've joked about it, thinking like we've we've won three games all season. We've got nineteen points. So how how would you feel then? How would you feel as a supporter if you escape relegation? Would that sit well with you? You you take it, but it would be a bit embarrassing. Yeah, it would be embarrassing. I'd laugh at it, but I'd be embarrassed. I, I certainly wouldn't be celebrating it. it. It would be a bit. It would be highly embarrassing. I think, unfortunately, you know, I mean, the, 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 the club seemed to shambles when I was there, do you know what I mean, at times, you know, and sort of that was my, that's my kind of recollection of it, you know, but um, mm. I spoke to, I won't name him, but I spoke to somebody who worked at the club a couple of nights ago, just because we've been in touch more since, since Parks passed away, and um, I've got quite an interesting insight into what's been going on, like, you know, so, um, what's the general consensus on Sol Campbell? The issue with him is because he's a bit of an oddball, he sometimes he seems to rub people the wrong way. So, you know, whether it's just because the kids are playing well because they're kids and they're taking opportunity or whether he is making them better, I don't know. But interesting to be a fly on the wall there, wouldn't it? You know, to see how he's what he's doing with them. You know I mean? On paper, he's got all of the experience and know-how in the world, isn't he? But even from my experience, I know that doesn't always translate into somebody being a good coach. Well, anyway, mate, let's see. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it, especially on the subject. We yeah, about. can tell that was um, that was quite emotional for you as well. So um, thanks very much for, for having yeah. a chat with us. No problem at all. All right, thanks, guys. Top man, yeah. mate. Mate, all the best. Hopefully, when um, whenever we can, whenever the game does get rearranged, we um, yeah, come, come and, and come and find me. Yeah, please come and yeah, come and say hello. That'd be nice to meet you in person. Yeah, definitely. Cheers, mate. Cheers, guys. Awesome. Nice to meet you. Right, See you later. <laughs>
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.